0: I was looking for you. I wanted to introduce you. Hello? Woo. Are we gathering? <laughs> and are we ready? <laughs> Almost. Almost ready. Ready or not, here I come. <laughs> Last call. You get a free meal, too. So there you go. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Martha Acoin, Pastor Dick's wife, and also a pastor here at this church. So we're we'll going to talk about Jesus as servant. So let's pray, if we could, please. Come, Holy Spirit, you are the great helper. And we need you, Holy Spirit, as the Father knew when he sent you to lead us into all truth. Lead us today and pray in the matchless name of Jesus. Okay? So we've been answering the question why, and um, what, even, why have we even been saying that? Why do we do what we do? You know, It's always the same. The answer is always the same, that we would be like Jesus, so we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to transform us into the image of Jesus in our hearts, in our souls, in our minds, and in our strength. So as a child, <clears throat> I lived out in the country, out in San Brinton, uh, on a dead-end road, it was a mile from everywhere. And if a car came down the road, uh, we took notice. They were lost, obviously. And I remember one day a car came down the road. I'm down in the field working in the garden and I see a car go by and it doesn't come back down. So, obviously they've stopped at our house. And I'm curious enough, so I go to the house and I peek in, you know, and sneak in and they're having this great conversation with total strangers, my mom and dad. And um, I only heard little bits of it, but I was intrigued that they, they had invited these strangers in, although it was not unlike them to invite strangers in. And when they left, um, I remember, I said, who are they? Who are those people? And my dad's response was, she's a woman of God. I'm, I was young. I was like 8 or 10 years old. She's a woman of God. She, he may have told me a whole bunch of other things. That's what stuck in my head. A woman of God. And so that I decided the way he said that, there was honor in what he said that. She's a woman of God. Now, I, I was brought up in the Catholic Church. I had a, a knowledge of God, and and what you know that was always kind of up high to me. So, for a woman to re- be referred to as a woman of God, I, I thought I want to be that. I'd like to be that. One of those, a woman of God. Anybody here? A, anybody else here ever thought that they'd like to be a man or a woman of God? Ever have that thought? I did. I was young. And um, what, what did that look like, you know? For, for a 10-year-old girl, this is what it looked like, okay? Black outfits that cover the whole body, little white things around the face, right? Or a man with a black suit and a white collar. And, and then the one who was above them all had this big pointy hat, you know, and a very somber face. That's what it meant to me. That, that's what it looked like, in my little mind, to be a woman of God, or a man of God. It fit that description. That's all I was instructed with, too. No one told me anything different, that there was any other way to be a man or a woman of God. And so I remember we went to to catechism, and I asked the nuns, how do I be like you? And she said, you have to be totally selfless. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, okay, I'll try that. And I went home, <laughs> and I tried for two weeks to not think of anybody, of myself at all, to be totally thinking of everybody in my family and my mom and my dad, just to not think of me. Well, you know what? I failed miserably. And so I, I thought, well, I can't be a woman of God. I can't be like them. And so I have to say that segue all the way to here, I really am glad I failed. Really am glad I failed because I would have gone down an avenue that I don't think it would have brought me here. And there's lots of good people who who are nuns and priests, and I'm not trying to say that at all. But I don't think it's what God had for me in that day. And he really did want me to see what it meant to be a a woman of God. Outside of that venue, there's lots of them. So what actually is godliness? And what does it really look like? So let's look at... um, John 13, starting in verse 1. And you, I'm just going to read this from here. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. And Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, wash you, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. And you know what? He washed his feet anyways. When he had washed the feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So do you understand what I have done to you? You know what? I don't think they did. I don't think we even understand sometimes what he did. When he got on his knees and washed their feet. You ought to wash one another's feet. Do just as I have done. Anybody in here ever washed a friend's feet? Or a husband's? Or a wife's? Or a child's? It's not necessarily talking about that, but it's still a very humble thing to do. You're blessed. Says if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. And Pastor Dick did a a tremendous teaching on that a couple of years ago, and hunt it down and listen to it. It was wonderful. Knowing is not enough. You must do them. Jesus did these things in um, their presence, and he did them to serve his father. He did it to usher in the kingdom and its lifestyle, and to set an example of how we are to function as servants of the Most High God. He said in John 14, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. You know, he's not just talking about miracles, signs and wonders, but serving one another washing feet doing the lowly and the menial task that no one would think of doing as well as serving the lost the broken the sinner and doing um, in doing so we are serving him I think sometimes when we think about you know he will empower us to be to do what he did we think of the miracles and we think of you know all, all the things that nobody else ever did but I think he really wanted us to get more than that. He wanted us to see that being lowly, being humble, serving one another, loving one another. He will also empower us to do that. Matthew uh, 12, 18 states this about Jesus. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen. This is the Father speaking. My beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Servant is the title the father uses to refer to his son, the king. Derek Prince says it this way, servanthood is divine and eternal. It didn't start with humanity. It started with God. It didn't start in time. It started in eternity. Father, son, and Holy Spirit. Son is servant to the father. I only do what I see the Father doing. The Spirit is servant of the Father and the Son. And we read in John 12, but the comforter, now another name, that's another name for the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the helper. He's called the helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, <clears throat> he will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall everything I have told you. And then John 16:7 says, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. Expedient is another word used there for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Servant can sound like a distasteful word. When you were asked when you were growing up or at any point, what would you like to do when you grow up? How many of you said, I want to be a servant? Everybody here, right? Oh, I'm going to be a servant. Because there's kind of a distaste that comes with the word servant, right? I I think we can recognize that, right? There's a voice in our head that tries to derail us from serving. It's the voice of our enemy Serving is godly, and his goal is to stop us from being like Christ. I, I'm going to share a little story right here um, recently, in the last year, my, my husband and I have been married for thirty one years, the end of this month, okay? So <laughs> I know, isn't that awesome? It's amazing. but um, for thirty of those years, he didn't eat breakfast. he just that was not in his you know, out the door he'd go, and I'd go on with my day a- at 5 in the morning, by the way. And then um, about a year ago, or a little more than that, he began to um, decide he needed to take better care of his body, okay? And so we went to, got a trainer, and they're like, you better eat breakfast. You're going to start eating some breakfast. So very gently and nicely he said to me, would you mind, because he's here at 5.30 in the morning, would you mind around 9 o'clock or 8 or 9, would you mind making me a breakfast sandwich? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. But inside I'm like, 30 years, I have not cooked breakfast for this man. I'm going to rearrange my, these are the thoughts that were in my head. I'm going to rearrange my whole life to cook breakfast for this man. Now, you know what? I I'm, I'm literally was having a battle because I really love him, and I really don't mind doing things for him. Those are the thoughts that were in my head. And I went, well, I'm going to do it, you know, but still grumbling. And as I began to make that breakfast, something switched and changed. And I loved doing it. I really did. And I realized that that was the enemy of my soul. He doesn't want me to serve my husband. He doesn't want me to know the love that would be coming from me to my husband and doing this little, tiny, simple little thing. He didn't want that. Do you know that? Do you know in your home, that's where he's after you, right there at the basics. I am so glad that he asked me to do that. Now I still do it whenever he would like it. And I do love it. You know, it didn't take much time. And I was serving him. And he serves me in hundreds and hundreds of ways. And here I am grumbling in my heart because he wants breakfast after 30 years. But that was the enemy. If You, you know, check your mind. Check and see what he is after. That's where he gets you. Right here. Grab a hold of it and cast it away. Do the thing anyways. And that's what happened. When I did it anyways, it left me. And I felt the love God intended me to feel in the doing something to bless this man. Love serves, okay? And with it, joy came. Do it. Serve. Serve. Find the love that God has put in your heart. Webster's (laughs) definition of servant is this. One that serves others, a public servant especially, one that performs duties about the person or home or a master or personal employer. These are some other words for the word servant. Helper, (coughs) the Holy Spirit, that's one of his names. Domestic worker, cleaning lady, maid, footman, page boy, butler. Batman. (laughs) That was really in the dictionary. Batman. I have a husband who's a bat. He chases the bats out of our house. (laughs) Steward, attendant. So we read in Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28, (coughs) this lovely story. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up with him with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked him for something. This is Jesus we're talking about. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one on the right hand, one on the left, in your kingdom. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. So they were right there. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left hand is not mine to grant but it is for those to whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, you must great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Greatness in the kingdom of God is upside down from the rest of the world. The president, the governor, the lawyer, the doctor, everybody thinks they're so important. They're really servants, okay? But are they servants of the Most High God? The first reference to most high God is in Daniel 3, 26 through 28. So let's read that. And this is the story of Nebuchadnezzar and the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If there's somebody who doesn't know that story, I'm going to read a little bit of it, but go home and read the rest, okay? Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He was the, pres- he was the king of that region at the time. And he declared... He had thrown these three men into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down and worship his his image. They refused to. They were only going to worship the Lord their God. So he declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, The governors and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Pretty powerful. Acts, in the New Testament, Acts 16, 16 through 18, we have another story. This is about, this is Paul and Silas, and they're going through, I believe they're in Corinth, but I could be wrong. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her own as much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this kept going on for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, <clears throat> turned and said to the spirit, not her, to the spirit that was in her. I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Now, that may mean that moment, but it may have taken an hour. Don't give up when you're praying. Keep praying, okay? Are you a servant of the Most High God? Do you recognize that about yourself? God Most High. Sometimes it's called God Most High. Um, Dylan <laughs> sang a song <laughs> back in the 70s, I think. He says, you've got to serve someone. I'm not going to sing it. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord. You're going to serve someone. That's the truth. He was speaking the truth. John 12:26 <coughs> says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Matthew, let's read Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, this is Jesus talking about what's going to happen at the end, okay? Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you stranger and welcome you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison? and visit you. And the king will answer to them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. That has been our, like our scripture from from 1991 when we first began. So a pastor is a servant. Is that correct? So Pastor Dick, all right, here's how he serves you and Jesus here. I'm going to use this as an example. It's Pastor Appreciation Month, I heard. Okay, He vacuums the floors. When I met Pastor Dick, he was making coffee and cleaning up a lot of years ago. He picks up the food for the food pantry and sorts it into all the categories. They put it together in a big box, just everything sewn together, brings it here with a few other guys, And they sort it out. So all the peppers are in here. All the apples are in here. And so they go through whatever it takes to do that. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Okay. And then he preaches on Sunday. He's here from 5 a.m. most days, as as I said. He's up early. He works preparing sermons, classes. He's here like 60 hours a week, easy. And then at home, he's also doing stuff, okay. He serves Jesus and me and our kids and our grandkids, and our great-grandkids, and people in the neighborhood in lots of ways. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that, but he, he's a great example of a servant, okay? His, his applause is from above. Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm sure the Lord is saying that to him. He's servant of the Most High God, first, and then to you and me in this community. I am really privileged, Dick, to call you my husband my friend. I want to read a strange scripture to you. It's uh, 1 Peter 5.5, and I'm reading it in the Amplified. I think it's pretty cool. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, I don't know what that means, but be subject to the elders, the ministers, and the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourself. I love that term, apron. All of you with humility as the garb of a servant so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. With freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another, for God sets himself up against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful and presumptuous, the boastful, and opposes and frustrates and defeats them, but gives grace and favor and blessing to the humble. Dick, could you come down here, please? Uh oh, he's a good man. You know, the Bible says, "Give honor where honor is due." So I'm going to give some honor to this man, but to to some of y'all too. So this is for you, pastor appreciation. And for those who didn't, there's a card out there that I would love for you to sign and just speak a word of. Thanksgiving to this man. It's out on that big table out there. Okay, you can show. He would never want this done, so. I thought she was giving more more tissue. (laughs) Uh. What does it say? Servant of the Most High God Jesus, Pastor Dick Coin. Pastor Appreciation Month, October 2019. Yay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, I want to tell you in this church, serving the Lord is contagious. All right? I, I want to do this. If you have ever served in the food pantry, please stand. This is a little side teaching. Okay, it says, "This is in Ezekiel 16:49 and, and 50. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom; she and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it." That's an abomination. To have and not give to the poor. It's an abomination. Do you understand how precious it is what we do? I'm making a big emphasis on serving the poor because Jesus does. All right, so stay standing. Anybody uh, served on the worship team? On the prayer team? In Sunday school? On the grounds of the church? In the kitchen at the church? Reading? Preaching? Preaching? Carrying out the trash. We're Emmeline and Eli. the help Pastor Dick. I watch them. Trailing behind him. Can I carry a basket? Cranky, you know? Have you led a host of a Bible study? A girl group? A class of any kind? Are I missing anything else? Is there a, there's so, If you've ever served in prayer, have you ever prayed, here or at home for this church, for the work that God is doing here, You are all godly. You're men and women of God. I am. I'm there now. I'm a woman of God. It's the greatest title you could give me. I'm a woman of God, and I wasn't always far from it. Some of you were also. And you're serving him by serving others. If you would be a man or a woman of God... If you would be transformed into the image of Jesus, you must, you must humble yourself and serve him somehow. In your home, first of all. First of all, when that grumbling voice of that niggling little comes in, know where it's coming from. It's right out of the pit of hell. And you know what? Get rid of it and do the thing that, that you feel like you should be doing or you've been asked to do. And watch and see how it love will. Come, and joy will come. Being a servant is what Jesus did and is, and he calls you to it, and he'll empower you to do it. And I know, that really happened to me, by the way. So, thank you, and I wanna have a round of applause for all the people who've ever done anything to serve the Lord. You, you guys, you, by the way, are an awesome group of people here, amazing. So I'm gonna give you another second chance. Here it is, sign up volunteer information recruiting day so this will be over there if you'd like to sign up to do anything we'll find a place for you you want to serve somewhere look you can you know pick paper up out of the parking lot direct cars there's so much that you could do that it will it will do something to you thank you so as usual we are uh, going to close. We want the parents to go get their children. But if you'd like prayer for anything, would some of the people in the prayer team or who have ever prayed for other people, Barbara, that's you, <laughs> please come and pray. If you've got something that you really like prayer for, even if it's this I hate serving thing, I hate what's going on in my head, come up and get some prayer for whatever need you have. Thank you.